everyone, this is Jasmine from the Amalgam Podcast that I co-host with Vivian, wanting to remind you all to check out all of our podcasts on MyNerdyBunch.com, as we have a huge variety of genres, from Marvel to DC, anime to horror movies, and so much more. Again, MyNerdyBunch.com. Thanks, and enjoy the Gamers for Life podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Gamers for Life podcast, where each and every Saturday we discuss all things games. One of your hosts, Jarrell, with me is my co-host, my right-hand man, my ABXY, Arthur. What is shaking, man? That's me. Uh, not much. It's hot. Yes. Summer's Good Lord. It's hot. <laughs> Summer's here and it's humid. A lot of people yeah. don't. A lot of people don't picture Southern California, at least by the beach town, being humid. Yeah. Like what it is. <laughs> you know, it's nothing like the Gulf or, you know, like Louis, you know, down in Louisiana. Right. But, um, yeah, you're going to sweat. Yeah. It's, yeah. We had to, we had to up the uh, ante on the fans. So hopefully it doesn't kick too much into the audio here for uh, the podcast if you're listening to it or for the YouTube video. Uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy. It's like everything feels like 90, even though it's like in the yeah. 80s. And you know, I'm, and you know, plus you know, I was getting, I was, you know, I was getting soda, soda and stuff at you know, like the local, the local liquor store where I go to, mm. and um, there's no ventilation in there. Shit. So it's always, <laughs> it's always like ten degrees hotter. <laughs> so, oh man, was, that's a nightmare. Yeah. So I was like, cool. Let me, cool. Let me go get some soda, some chips, and a fucking bag of ice. I guess. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. man. Oh fuck that. Jesus. Yeah. Just, yeah. just sit in the tub of ice. <laughs> As you're ringing up your customers, <laughs> uh, came, I came home and uh, immediately put my AC to use. Nice, because I still say you know because we cause I got the AC back in February and on face value it wasn't technically on sale, mm. but like we did, like we mentioned we knew the 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 price was gonna go up. Yeah, that's already up like I think like a hundred bucks from when from when I, when I paid for it. Oh damn! So, oh, so that was a good move when you bought it. Yeah, and plus since you know since my room's like a Harry Potter closet, uh, it takes like five minutes for that thing to kick. It takes like five minutes for that for my room to get cold. Oh wow! I, I oh, and then not to go too much into it, I gave myself a cold <laughs> <laughs> a few days ago. Even though that's was, how hot it is, we're like fuck it. <laughs> like I didn't mean to, but like in my little Harry Potter closet um, of a room, I put my AC on and I fell asleep. Even though the world was hot, I fell asleep with like kind of a blanket on because <laughs> fuck it, first world privileges, I don't care. Yeah. Um, and I woke up and like, I'm sneezing, I have congestion. I'm like, is it really humid as fuck? And I have a cold. <laughs> so yeah, I, 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 I it, it was, it was just one day I woke up. By the time I woke up the next day, I was on the tail end of it when I, I gave myself a cold. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. It's, it's weird having a cold when it's hot as fuck. Yeah, seriously, seriously. And now I'm not kind of getting a little hungry because the Elotero guy is passing by. Yeah, man. <laughs> God damn it, Elote, man, with your beautiful Elotes. <laughs> um, but uh, if you're watching this here, hi, welcome to the Game Us for Life Hello. channel here. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe uh, on our channel, of course. You know, we release videos every Saturday, then also we chop them up and uh, release them to you that way. So please be sure to like, subscribe, click the notification bell. 
And uh, also, obviously, for the podcast, you can listen to it as well if you don't want to see our beautiful faces. Uh, you can, uh, you know, on the podcast application of your choice, so Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, what have you, uh, whatever you want to do, um, you know, as far as listen to it, we're on all the main stuff there. So be sure to do that. And then, of course, we are on the Twitch as well. If you go to twitch.tv uh, forward slash gamers for life pod pod and uh four is the number four so twitch.tv forward slash gamers for life pod uh arthur manages the twitch on there does a great yep. job and uh been doing a lot of uh twitch streams from sea of thieves to knockout city which uh, we'll dive in because we haven't mentioned knockout city and man you know man Surprisingly fun game, but we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I, haven't, I haven't streamed the past few days because that's a downside of my Harry Potter closet. Mm. If I kick on my AC, there's no way, like, <laughs> all my stream would all my stream would be is just the video, the, the video, of, the video of you know the game I'm playing, and just the audio of an AC humming. <laughs> that's all it'll be. Just, <laughs> I'm like, not the best representation. For no. for and every now and then you, you might hear me chime in, say, "Sorry, it's so loud, but I'm really fucking comfortable." <laughs> so yeah, at least so these past few days, I yeah, so these past few days, even though even though I've been playing games, uh, I haven't been able to stream it again because again with with the AC in that small room, even with the gain and, and the mic pointed the right way. It'll just oh, that's all you'd hear. Yeah. All you'd hear is just the AC humming, <laughs> which wouldn't be a problem for me. Right, right, yeah. Whoever watching, it's like yeah. oh, it's pretty loud. <laughs> what a jackass! What a cold, comfortable in this heat jackass. <laughs> <laughs> they just envy you as yeah. you're live streaming. <laughs> Motherfucker in his AC. Because I feel like to a point, every year someone goes like, "I'm gonna buy an AC this year. I'm gonna buy an AC this year." And like four years later, when you have it, when you've had like swamp ass for the twelfth time, you're like, okay. <laughs> Now I'm gonna buy an AC. Yeah, man, I had that. I had that situation too. I was like, it was one year. I was like, you know what? Like, we're getting an AC for the bedroom as well. We had one for the living room, but you know, someone's in the bedroom, in the other room. You know, half the time when we're watching whatever we want to watch on separate TVs, and whoever's in the bedroom is just suffering. So I was like, no more. I'm buying an AC, and I'm glad I did. So now we have two. Yeah. But geez, Louise, yeah, it, it gets bad. <laughs> last year was last year was the end of it for me because I remember last year I heard the phrase uh, heat wave weekend like I think the entire fucking month of July oh wow damn and I was like I'm over this <laughs> <laughs> as you should as you should and uh, of course here on the Gamers for Life podcast we read the news while you can watch or listen to what you choose uh, by clicking on the time codes within the description of the episode, whether for the YouTube channel uh, or for the uh, podcast application of your choice. I know in general, Spotify does a really good job of those hyperlinks in the description. With the time, time, with the time codes. Yeah, for the time codes. So you can just click on those, go straight to it. I can't speak on other podcast applications, but I know Spotify does a good job there. Uh, but again, YouTube, there's the time codes there. And uh, uh, based on our last conversation, we might be coming to Google Weather. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Oh man. So there's been a lot of news actually here for uh, for video games. I know last week we kind of had to do some stretching, and I think we made it through. Uh, but there's just ever since like the at the day after we recorded, there's just a bomb drop of like all types of crazy news. I know the first thing I know we, I didn't put it as a main topic for the show, and we'll go to the start here in a second. But the first thing was like. Like over a hundred thousand computers got malware because of free games that hackers were were putting uh, online. GTA yeah. And stuff. So first, yeah. So some people wanted to get games for free, 
and they went to janky sites, <laughs> which if you, if that still happens in 2021, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I will Especially sp- with a game like GTA 5 where it's like, yeah. it doesn't make sense for this to be free. Like, I will I will be honest, I am guilty of this, but it was for Freedom Fighters. It was before it was free on GOG. Yeah. Or not free on GOG, but you could buy it on GOG for like five bucks. Yeah. It wasn't anywhere, and it was fucking malware on my computer. I had to delete it and all stuff, and like... But after, but it wasn't, but I would, I would never trust any site that's like, oh, GTA five, download now. It's free, dude. Yeah. And it, I was like, what? And it was a specific type of malware. So what mm-hmm. it was, so what it was, so what the news story was is over, over 220,000 devices, mm. um, had, um, crypto mining malware oh, okay. for Bitcoin. Ah, uh, interesting. interesting. Yeah. So. So it's like, hey, this game's for free. Also, lonely milfs in your area, come here. <laughs> like, with like, it's like, yeah, this is legit. Let me just download GTA from this site. <laughs> Who knows? I might not be single tomorrow. Fuck it. Um, like, oh my god, man, Grand Theft Auto and Grand Theft Auto and and lonely women. Oh, this site, no, this site has so much for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, and. So yeah, so if you're st- yeah, so if you go, you know, if you go to if you still go to jank sites for stuff, don't. Yeah, yeah, please don't, please don't, please don't, sir. And uh, speaking of janky sites, well, this isn't a janky site, but I think it's just a fun segue. It made us feel like it was a janky site. <laughs> I won't get into it. it yes, it was, we were, we were racking our. Before we go into this, we spent like forty minutes. <laughs> Going over this next article of what the fuck is going on. We haven't done this deep dive of sh- of uh, show prep in such a long time. For one article, <laughs> for one fucking like, it was like it's like it was almost like it felt like I was back in high school. Yeah. And you didn't read a short, you didn't read a short story, and then give a summary on it, and both of us, both of us read it like three times. We were like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> And I was glad to, well, let me, uh, let me yeah, just get so started, we'll but, get but yeah, absolutely. I was just like, okay, we're, we're like racking our brains together. We're like, okay, how can we, how can we like, talk about this? Like, I, I want to at least mention it, <laughs> but I don't know how. Yeah. I clearly the person that wrote this didn't know either. <laughs> yeah, man, this really nuts stuff. So we're going to rip the bandaid off here. Usually we don't talk about politics here in Gamers for Life. Uh, but this was a really interesting article, uh, and it, it would kind of be ridiculous of us to not mention it. Uh, so this is a Kotaku article that recently dropped, and uh, Patricia Fernandez, she's the new editor-in-chief there, so uh, I'll at least give her one of these. I wouldn't. <laughs> Anybody that gets money gets promoted. That's cool for me. Uh, but that's all I do. Uh, <laughs> so, But the interesting thing here on the... On the uh, article, uh, I'm going to first read what Colin Moriarty said here on uh, the Twitter that he posted this June 29th. And then also shout out to Colin Moriarty. I've been listening to you for, God, almost over 10 years, man, since the IGN days. And then a little bit of Colin last stand stuff. Because just for context, it's like it was Colin Moriarty's response, I guess, onto the article to begin with. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I'm going to read this here and quote. Uh, he says, uh, he posted the link of the article and he says, uh, in quote, this letter is from Kotaku's new EIC editor in chief is fascinating. The through line that the old way in quote, uh, of games, uh, coverage is dying, has no core fan base anymore. depends on entirely on SEO and likely can't be saved is shockingly honest. I give them credit for writing this end quote. And then he posts the link of the article. Now, 
talking about the article. This was the, the difficulty that we had, and we summed it up with uh, the main sentence that Arthur helped curate. Uh, because the article itself, it goes into a lot of different stuff without even really saying it. Like, like it's funny, you know, Colin Moriarty is like, he's like a professional journalist because he took everything that she said and just put it into that small thing on Twitter. <laughs> Which um, we couldn't do. So, like, as I mentioned, as I mentioned, that this was a high school project to sum up what the new editor in chief wrote on Kotaku. Yeah, we would have failed that project. <laughs> <laughs> in an art offense, again, there's a lot to unfold here, but if I could sum up the, the article in one sentence, it's like, it's like when someone speaks for like 10 minutes and there's a new, and there's a new topic or subject every minute. Mm. And after those 10 minutes of talking, nothing was said. <laughs> so basically half of your uh, college professors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where so, you're like, okay, so we're talking about derivatives. <laughs> yeah, but I'll, I'll, let, I'll, let, I'll let you continue. Yeah, okay, thank you, sir. Uh, so I'm gonna read the I'm gonna read the title of the article just because if you guys are curious about checking out the article, you can. Uh, but I'm gonna pose with our main question. Uh, but the title of the article here is "Hello Kotaku, it's me, your new, your new EIC," and then it says as the sub uh, the subtitle uh, Patricia Patricia Hernandez uh, is back after her previous stint as deputy editor, and basically the main thing to wrap up in the article is there's a lot of shit that she said on this, which I think to to me it didn't. She said like. 17 different things and didn't clarify them. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a pretty annoying op-ed in my opinion, personally. But the main pose here that I think it's kind of wraps everything up, which Colin Moriarty already did, should game journalism and politics be separate? And then obviously we say, uh, the question was posed because it seems like a lot of game journalists and websites today, they kind of lean towards more what is happening politically, whether they're on the right or the left. Um, and you know, obviously your average, uh, video game reader, it seems like they kind of get, uh, what's the word for it? It seems like they, they get, they kind of get it force fed maybe. Yeah. And then, or, and then just mm -hmm. kind of put like, they don't know anything about it Yeah, and kind of like educated when you're not asked to be educated. So, uh, I'm going to toss this to you first. Because you had some interesting points uh, yeah. that, that that you you had you know that you, that we talked about before recording, so so what are your what are your thoughts as far as this you know game journalism and politics being separate and the the the, the video game journalism just is all so so um, so again so this article again there was a lot mm -hmm. I mean like every two senses had nothing to do with the previous two senses but <laughs> this is the main thing we wanted to take from it because mm -hmm. um, it's it's especially after these past two to three years it's becoming really kind of um, on the forefront is again gaming journalism and politics mm -hmm. um i got into gaming really heavily as a kid via escapism and a lot of people do yeah like this like like almost any hot like almost any hobby a big draw a big draw to the hobby of your time attention passion effort it's it's again it's purposely it's 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 escapism mm -hmm. like here's the world especially last year with covid you know especially yeah. la last year with covid like we said gaming arguably kept the majority of the population fucking sane because mm -hmm. like here's all here's all this shit happening fuck it i just want to shut off my brain and play either play a game by myself or play a game with my friends and talk to my friends yeah um you know and like we like we mentioned um like i mentioned one time we were playing sea of thieves and we weren't even really playing we we're just kind of just digitally hanging out talking about life in the world and mm. just hanging out 
but we just happen to be in a game. Yeah. So for me, should politics and game game journalism be separate? To a point, yes. Mm -hmm. But if they're not, it needs to be done right and constructively, unbiasedly. Mm. And that's, I think, I think both constructively and non-biasedly is where you start seeing a lot of the problems when it is quote unquote force fed. Yeah. Uh, so for, for to, to go back as far as like, uh, I, for, for me, I think, I think there's a world where both can exist. Um, yeah. you know, because some people do, some people do treat video games as a glass menagerie, as you mentioned, the escapism. And then some people can be interested in games through politics in general. You know, I think obviously last of us is a, is a key prime example. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of pressing, you know, issues in both games and even like the DLC and stuff as well. But that makes up the DNA of that game and them telling a, a really intense story, which is totally fine. And then also too, you know, when you have, there's, there's some stories that can connect with people where, you know, you have, when it comes to like uh, the, the diversity of the game, you know, but you can, you can play, you can cha- you know, change your character to, you know, different color, things like that. And, you know, and, and then there's various interesting stories. So I think there is a world for both, but when it comes to the specific gaming journalism, as far as politics being separate, I feel like uh, there's some stories that can involve that. And there's some that, that that don't really need to or to be unbiased like you mentioned yeah because the thing is is that there are certain companies that do lean a certain political spectrum and they're you know treating certain game you know video game developers a certain way or whatever and it could be a really interesting conversation like blizzard like blizzard for example yeah like blizzard yeah. again blizzard's censorship of multiple aspects mm-hmm. after tensing got involved yeah. And the coverage on that was accurate. When it comes to the game journalism to me as a whole, like yes the yes the the spectrum has changed. Mm. I think as far as like cuz it it sucks because like I remember getting like those old school magazines, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the Xbox magazines, the uh and then just like and the PlayStation magazine and all that stuff and just like reading video game like news and, and Game the, Informer way back in the day Nintendo Power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. so electronic mo- gaming monthly, right? Yeah. I think that's one too. Tips and tricks. Yeah. I yeah. remember them all. Yeah. Oh yeah, mad <laughs> tips and tricks. So <laughs> and you know, and so that's that's why for me it's like, do I believe for me it's like by the sum of my thing is like, do I believe politics believe belongs in game in game journalism um no because this industry survived decades without it but again the, the world the culture culture's changed so two points going to happen but again that's why i argue it's like okay if it's going to happen one don't force don't force feed it you know it's again like hey mm-hmm. oh cyberpunk's coming out let me read the review yeah. i don't i don't like cops i didn't help the cops what well, that that's does not belong in this review mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then again don't and then again so don't force feed it don't be biased and do it constructively. Yeah, and I don't know if I necessarily uh, for sure, definitely. I, and I, I wouldn't. I don't. I don't know if I necessarily agree as far as like it's never been in it before. I think it's just that it was never talked about, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it wasn't important to talk about. However, I think you can have t- it can be compartmentalized. You know what I mean? When it comes to a video game review, review the game like as much as you can. Talk about the game. You know what I mean? Like, like, and I agree with that. Talk about the game, Mm -hmm. please. You know, and then uh, when it comes to uh, stories that, you know, have some type of connection to politics, like just have it be a different category on the, on the thing. And then people can choose what they want to read. Like, I feel like it can be as simple as that versus the higher ups of these game journalism companies to dictate everything under 
everything being politicized in games. I think that is wrong. And I, yeah. I, I don't think it's needed, you know? So yeah. I think I think there is an importance to it, but I think it needs to be compartmentalized. I agree with the, I agree with the, car, the compartmentalization. Yeah. The word I can't fucking say. <laughs> car, car. Compartmentalize, yeah. Thank you. It can be separate. <laughs> Thank you. So separate I can't even fucking say it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, so so again, if you get a chance, read the again, read you know, read your art, read your article. Took mm-hmm. us a bit. If you know, if it was more clear to you in your first read, more power to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so uh, knocking that aside, yes. <laughs> uh, knocking that aside, uh, I want to talk about a game here that um, I think people are starting to finally really take seriously. And really just getting more people are starting to know more about this multiplayer experience. Mm. That is Knockout City. Yeah. Uh, and goddamn, this game is so fun, Arthur. I haven't had this much fun playing a multiplayer title in like in so friggin long, dude. I, 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 uh, I want to have I didn't give this game enough att- attention when it came out. Mm. You got me into it like two weeks after <laughs> two weeks after it dropped. Yeah. Um. But it's made by v- v- Villain? No, v- Villain. Yeah, yeah, Villain. Like V E L A N. Yeah. Villain. Yeah. I, and yeah. they're published by, surprisingly, EA. Yeah. Um, yeah. And on Game Pass. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's another reason why I got into it. It's like, Harry, if you want to like, spend money on this, I was like, I have to spend money? I haven't done that forever. <laughs> um, Spending money? What is this, Sony? <laughs> <laughs> um. But yes, so, so again, this multiplayer game that again kind of went on the radar, it's fucking growing on me, dude. It's really fun. It's so great. It's so good. Uh, there's some more content that's going to be uh, rolled out for Knockout City as well. So according to Alt. Uh, char.com says here in quote uh, EA and Valen Studios have dropped a fully a full yearly roadmap for their dodgeball uh, dash inspired title in Knockout City uh, the roadmap details every bit of content that the players can expect from now on through the end of the year says starting July 27th Knockout City season 2 will go live featuring a new map a new special ball three special events and new season contracts uh, five new playlists and the introduction of a new daily login bonus and random reward players receive for every day they play. Um, so yeah, it's just it's such a good fucking game, dude. It's it so is. nuts, and it's almost on every friggin' platform as well. And there's so. cross cross platform. Yes, cross so, yes. So remember, yeah. just I'll just say on that note. Remember, if you were here, if you were here, Drell and I talked about a game we both play together. He's on PC. I'm on Xbox. Yeah. So that means if we're like, hey, we're playing it together. Cross platform. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah, shout out to to Valen Studios, EA for making for you know uh, publishing Knockout City. Uh, it's a great fucking game. I know like it got like millions of players in a matter of like weeks or a week's time. Like yeah, it wasn't like a day one true hit. Mm-hmm. It was just slowly to everyone like the people that did play day one like getting more and more of their friends and them getting more and more of their friends to play it. Yeah. And like, like in a, like in a good way, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm starting to see more and more low level people in the lobbies mm. and I'm like, eh, matchmaking, but that just means it's growing. It's yeah. like, Oh, they're level two. They're level one. I'm level 45. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so dude. it's, yeah, it's fun. And you know, this is the ace. There are micro, there are micro transactions, but you can totally ignore them. Yeah. Um, yeah, which I do. Yeah. And, 
you know, this, you know, this would normally be like, oh, the microtransactions are fucking bleh. That's usually how it goes with me and EA. Because <laughs> EA does EA. Yes. But again, kind of like Squadrons, on how that was like a really, how EA did right by that game. Valon and EA fucking nailed it with this one. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to you guys, definitely. And if you haven't played Knockout City, I highly recommend it. It's such a fun title. Um. Yeah. Just. Just badass. I just wanted to talk about Knockout City. I'm like, can we talk about Knockout City? Yeah. It's so great. It's. 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 It's one. It's one of those games you would say easy to learn, hard to master. Yeah. Like you can you can pick up the game really quick, and then the, all the the special like little timings of things you pick up as you go. So again, the, there's you know that's that's that it definitely falls in that court that category of easy to learn, but hard to master unless you're Ivan from the nerdy bunch Jesus Christ <laughs> he picked it up like in two days and he's like MVP like every other match We're like okay so which is uh, Arthur's uh, house a uh, roommate uh, and man like yeah yeah he because first it was like oh man this game's fun and then like it was like he did get like a 13 13 like KD ratio Thir- uh, 13 and 0 13 and 0 like holy yeah. freaking there's, that's ridiculous there's a lot of mechanics in the game like like you know, it's dodgeball, so there's no balls around you. Mm. You as a player can turn it into a ball and have your buddy throw you. Yeah. So fun. Crazy stuff. Yeah, let us know in the comments, too, if you are watching this on YouTube. Of any of our topics, you know, what your thoughts are, especially with Knockout City. And we do, and again, I might have to pass like it in two or three days, but um, mm. uh, we do stream, again, we do stream it. Yeah, we do stream. We do stream it when we play uh, with Caleb from Ooh Squad of you know of the, of the Nerdy Bunch. He's really good too. He's very good. He's very I, good. He he destroyed me, and I was very upset. We were doing. Uh, it was the four of us. It was it was you, me, Caleb, and Ivan. It was all just us four friends. Did a private did a private lobby of free for all. Yeah, dude, it was like it was like I was watching Moby Dick happen in front of me of like Caleb being your white whale let me fucking kill you <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I feel like playing like like if we we're playing like fighting Darth Maul and like we we're just dying <laughs> I was like Darth Maul is destroying us yeah. and me as Qui-Gon Jinn I am not getting it together <laughs> yeah there was definitely a few matches where Caleb felt like a fucking mini boss <laughs> I was like, God damn it, Bacon. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, like, I realized, like, 1v, I can't do 1v1s, but I always take advantage of a situation. So, like, when there's, like, a clusterfuck, I'll mm. be the guy on the outside throwing the ball at people not paying attention. Yeah. That's where I, like, that's where I excel. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how I get MVP. Arthur, you go for Oh, man, Arthur, you MVP. Yeah, it's really easy to kill people when they're not looking at you. <laughs> seriously, seriously. So, you, yeah, it's like, you guys keep adding to the clusterfuck. I'll, <laughs> I'll be on the outside picking up the kills. Yeah, I've been, I've been in the knockout dojo, so uh, hopefully I'll uh, be able to square back up with y'all soon here yeah uh so uh in other news here uh this is an interesting thing we talked about the last episode uh talking about the kind of like the blue box conspiracy when it comes to uh abandoned being silent hill so given that there's actually been some updates of more tangible news that has nothing to do with kojima but i'll talk about that more in a second uh so it says here according to pc games n it says here in quote konami the company uh, behind silent hill and bloober team the company has made layers of fear in the medium are now officially working together to produce games from existing and new ips after years of rumors around a new entry in the silent hill series this is a big moment of hope for fans and according to reliable insiders multiple silent hill games are in the works 
Um, it says here that this is a part of what's described as a broad effort on Konami's part to let external studios handle its IP after disappointment uh, of games like Metal Gear uh, Survive. Which I heard was very disappointing. Hor- uh, horrible game. <laughs> uh, there are reportedly new Castlevania and Metal Gear Solid games in the planning phases as part of this initiative, too. Uh, we'll have to wait for official confirmation. It seems that Konami is reviving Silent Hills in the most literal way possible by making multiple Silent Hills. End quote. So, Arthur, I feel like the main the main like uh, inconsistency or not inconsistency, the main issue with a lot of these theories on the internet when it came to like Kojima, like, Oh, is he making silent Hills? Like people forget that. Like he doesn't own the rights to silent Hills. He doesn't own the right to Metal Gear solid. Like he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, yeah, he has no attachment to it. So he literally can't make it. So even if he wanted to, again, Konami would say no, you know, cause he's no longer, he doesn't no longer yeah. works for them. It, yeah. It's like how the guy that I mean, Mega Man, left Capcom to make Mighty Number no. 9. Right. And then a year, like two years later, Capcom actually made a new Mega Man because they still have, even though it was his creation, Capcom still had the IP and the rights to it. Exactly. Exactly. Now, this is the main question that I wanted to pose to you. I mean, would we play a Silent Hill game that doesn't involve Hideo Kojima? Normally, I would have said no, but the fact it's from the publisher or sorry, the developer that made Medium, I'm I'm willing to give it a try because yeah. if you remember when we were when we did the live stream of the Sony conference last year, mm. up until they showed the title, so they showed the so they showed the trailer, yeah, cinematic trailer, up until the last second when they showed the name of the game, I thought it was Silent Hill. True, yeah, because it because there was like the normal world and then the demon foggy world and then the normal world and then the, you know like all of a sudden hell opening in the world and that I was like holy fuck this, this is Silent Hill yeah so I don't know if that was like their again their like quote unquote invitation of like hey Sony look what we can do I hear uh <laughs> I hear you might need people to step up to make a new Silent Hill game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I will say that too. Yeah, as far as the Bluebird games, they they uh, you're working on the medium. It is a pretty fun game. I played a little bit of it. I didn't yeah. get to finish it, but it definitely had Silent Hill vibes, most oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, and then to be fair, if PT didn't exist, people would still want Silent Hill because Kojima didn't work on any of the previous. If I'm not mistaken, uh, didn't work on the previous Silent Hill titles. I'm not um, sure if he necessarily did. I don't. I know. He, I know he didn't work on. I don't think he worked on the one that came out for the Wii. Uh huh. Because I was like that motion control, shattered memories. Yeah. I feel like I feel like anything that comes from the Nintendo minus Bayonetta feels yeah. like an asterisk. <laughs> and 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 I will say that it is kind of sad that like. It's it's sad that we'll never really see the full potential of what PT could have been with Guillermo del Toro and Hideo Kojima. Of a true, yeah, a true Kojima Silent Hill. In the, yeah, um, yeah. Because you know you look at Death, you know you look at Death Stranding. I know I know people called it you know the you know the FedEx Simulator, <laughs> but everything else like the art style, the enemy style. I'm like, again you. You, if you were, you know, like copy and paste them into a different game, that's that would make for a decent Silent Hill world or Silent Hill enemy. Mm, yeah, yeah, very yeah. true, very true. Interesting stuff here, most definitely. So also, also sponsored by Monster. For those of you to know, what I'm talking about. There's this like I don't know if there was one segment I didn't play it. There's one segment or multiple segments where the camera or like Norman Reedus, Norman Reedus, you know, who's the main character of the game, 
before he goes out into the world to deliver stuff, he like has like a fuck ton of monster energy cans all over the place. <laughs> so I was like, okay, sponsor. <laughs> yeah, man, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. So uh, diving a little deeper uh, into speaking of acquisitions, I still got it kind of. There you uh, go. <laughs> speaking of acquisitions. Uh, Sony has done a little bit of uh, um, acquiring when it comes to different studios as well. Technically, this is, I don't think we have a full official thing on this. We have some really credible evidence. Uh, But according to Inverse.com, it talks about uh, the potential acquisition of Bluepoint Studios. Continues on to say here that following the announcement that Returnal developer Housemark has been acquired by Sony, credible evidence suggests that another studio acquisition by PlayStation is in the works. The team is, is in question is Blue Point, Blue Point Games, uh, the developer behind the acclaimed Shadow of the Colossus remake, as well as the PS5 launch title of Demon's Souls. Uh, when welcoming Housemark to the PlayStation family, the official PlayStation Japan account accidentally tweeted out an image with Blue Point Games on it instead of the Returnal developer. The social media gaffe strongly suggests an impending the announcement of Blue Point's acquisition. Bluepoint has worked closely with Sony for years now, and most of the developer's portfolio consists of PlayStation-exclusive remakes. Speculation about the potential deal has already been swirling in recent weeks. While this acquisition would make sense, we'd love it if Bluepoint remained independent, and here's why. Which I find interesting. Uh, It says here, continuing on, it says here in quote, If Sony were to acquire Bluepoint, presumably all of its games would be exclusive to PlayStation consoles. After all, Sony wouldn't make it uh, would make such a large purchase if it planned to release Bluepoint remakes on other platforms. While there are other slew PlayStation franchises would benefit from the remake uh, treatment, like Ape Escape, Twisted Metal, Sly Cooper, limited to only games under Sony's belt is less than ideal for players. Um, I'm gonna end quote here because I think that's a great idea. <laughs> This is like that's exactly what Sony needs. I know this is like a rumor slash gaff based on that based on the tweet of yeah. like whoops I had their logo. Um, <laughs> this is good. Sony Sony buying up more publishers or developers. Now mind you, these aren't like these aren't like what well, these you know to me, this is on the par with like you know buying something as big as Bethesda. Yeah. Or something I should say as like open as Bethesda in terms of like lack of exclusivity. These are these are publishers and developers sorry developers that have pretty pretty much had sony exclusives for the past few years yeah like the dark souls remaster like um medium yeah like uh returnal yeah so again how nintendo you know grabbed up people that were working like a mario party stuff like that this is a good thing yeah i think it's a good thing too i agree because look like Starfield is an exclusive, and I'm not mad at Xbox for doing that because, one, they paid $7.5 billion. Yes, they fucking did. <laughs> and, and, th- and this is the, this it's a video game monopoly, baby. Like, this, yeah. is, this is what it is. And Sony, this is what Sony needs because first they're trying to close, you know, all the, f- the PS3, Vita, PSP in the fucking store. And this is a way for them to really invest into those titles yeah. and to make them into remakes with the graphics that they want that that, you know, Jim Ryan wants uh, to have that type of representation for the console. Uh, but yeah, this is, I think this is a great idea. Yes, it sucks that if, it, if they did this, it would be exclusive to Sony, but Sony needs this. They need this more than almost anything. And, um, the, yeah. and again, these were games, you know, like the remake of Shadow of the Colossus um, and then the spiritual successor 
who I always forget because I didn't play the game, the spiritual successor to Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, la- the Last Guardian. Again, thank you. I always forget. Yeah. My defense, I forget because I, I didn't play it. <laughs> it was exclusive. <laughs> um, but again, this is again, this is good news for Sony customers. Yeah. This is like finally good news for Sony customers. Yeah. Because again, for the longest time, it's just been like, eh. <laughs> There's an AI to make the game easier. Eh. <laughs> Uh, all yeah. the, again, and again, all these like, hey, we're, Sony's gonna have this new streaming service. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> all this new, uh, you know, we're suing. Oh, hey, the, hey this this P, this customizable PS5 stuff looks looks awesome. Let's sue the people that made it. Eh? <laughs> 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 um, this is like the first one gaming related news that we've heard from Sony in a long time, and thankfully, it's good news. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. And uh, if we were to to uh, swing towards the bad news here, <laughs> um, it's Sony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a uh, article here released talking about a publisher uh, burning the bridge by throwing Sony under the bus, according to VSBG.com. And I will continue here uh, to say, in quote, it says it doesn't always take a lot of people to make a great video game, but it does take some uh, amount of community and company support to be successful. Today, one developer felt angry enough to share some industry secrets, throwing Sony under the bus in the process. Uh, Lane Garner from uh, Neon Doctrine, a indie games publisher responsible for titles uh, like uh, Project Athia and Le Grand Legacy, stated that he was ready to burn bridges in order to discuss the hardships any developers face. He justified his uh, decision to speak out, saying, uh, "In quote, what is the point of a bridge if I'm not followed? If I'm not allowed to cross?" End quote. Uh, Garner explained that he wouldn't name the company that he had a grudge against, although he did offer, I will not be defining Platform X, but it's the operator of a very successful console that does not have Game Pass. <laughs> <laughs> Continues on and says... Slick. <laughs> yeah. Continues on and says, Garner made uh, many claims about Platform X, uh, which most uh, readers assume to be Sony. Uh, he would say that the platform, in quote, gives developers no ability to manage their games. In order to get promotion, you must jump through hoops, beg and plead for any level of promotion, in quote. Garner revealed that developers have no way to change the rules or question how games are evaluated or ranked. No matter the level of personal marketing a publisher puts into its game, the platform itself must independently evaluate the game and decide whether to advertise it. Um, I'm going to end there because that was a really powerful uh, quote there uh, and just that fragment of this article. Yeah. Because, I mean, this is like kind of like the downside when it comes to Sony, because as we've discussed before with Jim Ryan, they've been really pushing these first party titles. And like I was mentioning in prior episodes, yeah. how indie games, they're really fucking up with this and how we called it or you called it. Yeah, oh, thank you. Uh, oh, Shout out, shout out to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, the, and then and then you know a lot of these folks, I would imagine they would maybe get in touch with someone that's connected to Microsoft, you know, because yeah. I feel like they are valuing indie games a lot more than Sony is, oh, yeah. and um, yeah, so it just seems like a lot of when it comes to these behemoth type of corporations, companies, it's harder when it, when you're an indie, you know, creator in general. 
it's it's hard to have that promotion because they're focused on their own goals of promotion. And this is even like in the music industry as well. I won't go deep into that. But when it comes to this, I, I could I could understand the frustration, you know. But, but yeah. what are your what are your what are your thoughts on this? I mean, to a point, you know, you know, we we saw an article like this coming because we were mm. saying, you know, in the past, we were saying how before how like how Jeremiah shut the you know, shut the door on a lot of indie developers or again, made it like, and he's seen here, like, like his quotes, like how I can't, I can't burn a bridge. I'm not allowed to cross, <laughs> which is, you know, the, you know, you, you know, you look at indie developers for different platforms and again, mm-hmm. you know, this, like this just confirms what we've been discussing. Yeah. That like how Sony is not pro indie. Yeah. They are not. Yeah. And, you know, again, you, again, you, you compare that to Xbox or I should say Microsoft because the, a quote-unquote console where indie developers thrive is PC. Yeah. I think that's, I think, indie, I think indie developers have the biggest platform opportunity to grow on PC. Now, of course, Game Pass has increased that for the Xbox. As mm-hmm. I've mentioned, I've, I'm, I now do minimal research or at least try to remember the publisher and the developer. If I find this cool small game on a, in a Game Pass, I would have never played, played otherwise. Mm-hmm. But even bigger than that, of course, is anybody that plays PC, whether it's like you find that small, like, again, like a Phasmophobia, Valheim, uh, Among Us, um, all these little games that blew up on P, uh, that blew up on PC. Yeah. And so whether, and whether you're purchasing these or you're playing similar games like these on the Game Pass, it's a huge opportunity for these for these developers to grow. Yeah. Because something we've mentioned in the past, a lot of indie, like a lot of indie games do, is sometimes they may make a small game, that they, a small game that will be successful to potentially fund their next like true game. Yeah. An example of that is, no uh, No Man's Sky. Mm, mm. Uh, no Man's Sky made, I forget the game it was. It was pretty successful. It was like, it was like Xbox. It was an Xbox arcade game. They uh-huh. made a sequel. It was like Action Steve or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was like one of those games you just like, oh, this is fun. Let me play it. Yeah. And that that success from that was able to launch them to their true passion, which was No Man's Sky. Yeah. And the point how much that that the point how much in that example that's their true passion. Mm-hmm. No Man's Sky, as we discussed, is still getting updates till this day. Mm-hmm. And and so again, so having the opportunity to mark the Microsoft or and or, and or Steam or PC in general gives, you know that 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 opportunity to grow or even be presentable is is nor near like not even like not even like an, well it sounds like is almost an apostle opportunity within sony yeah and and i'll i'll end on this i'll i'll end it with if if in fact sony turned down kojima on the next project and if he signs with microsoft boy are we gonna have a show because I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I'm going to be so disappointed. I'm like, you guys, it's like, you guys just turned down like a hero. You know what I mean? Like, regardless if it didn't hit the specific numbers. And I don't care if the whole board of Sony got renewed to, to, to remain as board members. You know, if Jim Ryan remained, I was like, you guys failed. You yeah. guys failed a lot of gamers that would sustain being, you know, uh, consistent customers and you disappointed them, and 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 you would, and, you know, and don't be surprised if they switch consoles, you know. Uh, so um, we mentioned how there was a lot of stories that we tried to cover. Um, Gerald just kind of mentioned one is that um, Jim Ryan was it was like Jim Ryan slash was it everyone or was it just Jim Ryan was like up for a vote? Um, 
It was, uh, no, it wasn't Jim Ryan. It was like board members. Like there's a selection of board members that I guess they happen to be renewed to be to remain yeah. for the next year because the because they because technically on the, on the technical on the technical side, Sony has done very well financially, and then finally Jim Ryan was like, "Yeah, we got to get those scalpers." It's like you, this is five months. <laughs> yeah, I do this in July, twenty twenty one. You're only like nine months too late. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, so that was a story where um, like other shareholders and uh, board members stuff like that were mm. voted to stay on again yeah Joe and i was mentioning uh off recording and i was saying how like oh another year of the same shit yeah <laughs> um yeah man Jeez. so i don't know but again it just sucks because because almost to a, i mean almost to a point it's like almost every game developer you could argue started as almost indie like it's just a handful of people you know it's a handful of people whether in a garage or a studio made something, you know, a successful game, whether it was, you know, the start of Halo, God of War, things like that. Yeah. Games are rarely, nowadays, rarely, really, really, especially new studios, I should say, not new games, new studios are, like, rarely, you know, have, like, an open, out-the-door, couple-million-dollar budget. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. to know that that hurdle is even more, you know, to know that there's that much more hurdles within Sony just sucks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, speaking on the other side of the fence, uh, there are some interesting, uh, interesting comments here that uh, came from the head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, uh, two articles here. So very interesting stuff. But uh, the first thing here is a quote from uh, IGN, uh, IGN webs or IGN India. Uh, and the title of the article is here in quote, telling studios they shouldn't sell is short sighted. Phil Spencer says after Xbox's acquisition spree. So continuing on here, it says here in quote, Xbox has gone on quite a spending spree, acquiring studios for its Xbox Game Studios family, including teams like Obsidian, Ninja Theory, and Zenimax Media. This has been the source of rampant discussion about the nature of studio acquisitions in the games industry. But uh, Spencer says that he thinks it is a healthy part of the business. Uh, speaking to Unlocked for its 500th episode... Congrats, Podcast Unlocked. I've been listening to you guys forever. And uh, shout out to Ryan McCaffrey, because he's awesome. And the rest of the crew, too. Destin. Um, let me see her name's Megan. All of them. All of them. Uh, so continuing on to this here, speaking to the Unlocked for his 500th episode, Spencer spoke uh, at length about uh, about the role of mergers and acquisitions within the games industry, especially since Xbox and Microsoft are big factor uh, facilitators of them. Uh, he said here in quote, I know sometimes I see dialogue out in the industry about, well, uh, are acquisitions a good thing or a bad thing, says Spencer before congratulating Sony on the acquisition of Housemark announced earlier today or that day. Uh, continuing on, says here in quote, one thing I'll put out there is starting a new studio, starting out any small business, frankly, is a very risky proposition. Starting a video game studio even more so. And if a team actually takes the risk of starting a new company, starting a new studio, building that over years, building the value in that to say that they shouldn't sell, I think is just short-sighted, he says, in quote. Uh, Spencer says that the value of growing a business to become something valuable is any part of why creative teams start new studios in the first place. The immense risk it takes to start a new company is potential reward that comes with it, Spencer says, and quote, M&A is absolutely a part of that, uh, end quote. And I will just end it off there. Um, I mean, he's making a lot of sense to me. I mean, last week we covered a company that made one miniature, that one that made one 
mobile golf game and got bought by EA for $1.4 billion. <laughs> 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 Was it a playdemic? Yeah, playdemic. Yeah, of Warner Brothers, as we discussed last week. Yeah, made one mobile golf game called Golf Clash, mm-hmm. something like that. And then, he, and then you know, he is like, "Hey, uh, here's a check for you for 1.4 billion dollars." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. And there is there is truth in that. Now, I, you know, now from the un, you know non Xbox buy a side of me I can say well of course Phil Spencer's going to say that because Microsoft's been buying people left and right yeah they have the cache and yeah. the cash <laughs> <laughs> um, but no but he does speak a lot of truth there that you know starting up a new studio like any new business is risky and again you know we've seen game we've seen game studios you know crash and burn because you know because mm-hmm. this is you know the game the gaming industry especially a, a small studio it's the one the work is contract based and if your product when your contract's up, when your contract's up, and you've made your game that's not viable, your company, your, your company's going to go under soon. Yeah, yeah. Whereas a potential buyout, um, whether it's a merger or a purchase, um, can keep you afloat. Yeah. Now, now there are good and bad examples of this. You know, oh, we've seen EA is kind of like EA is kind of like Fox, where they'll just buy all these companies. And like, oh, you didn't, do, you didn't do amazing. Oh, we're firing all of you. <laughs> um, again, I, I compare I compare EA to that one episode of like Family Guy when Family Guy came back on the air on when Family Guy came back on the air to Fox, and it's like, man, I can't I can't, I can't wait to watch all these shows that definitely still exist. <laughs> and it was like a sixty second long credit roll of the dozens of shows Fox has canceled over the past few years. Um, EA is on the same EA is on the same point of that where like they'll buy somebody. It's like you didn't. It's like, oh, you didn't hit out of the park. You didn't make a billion dollars. Oh, we're fucking shutting you down. <laughs> um, so again, so, you know, so buyouts can be risky too. Yeah. Um, um, but again, to say, but it's to say, oh, again, to say, to say, selling your company is um, bad is a bad is a bad decision. Again, is is correct. It is a short sighted statement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then and then at the end of the day, I think it just depends on. Uh, how that company is doing it and and if they want to sell you know so yeah i don't think it's short-sighted it's just a case-by-case basis but i think phil spencer makes a lot of points uh when it comes to his kind of standing on that um so most most definitely you know i think it's a, it's a definitely an interesting conversation because this is the wild wild west of the video game industry you're just seeing different companies buying other companies because yeah. you know they they want to release this content out here and then obviously that actually kind of uh, for uh, foreshadows to the future end of this uh, podcast episode, and I'll explain why. Uh, but, but continuing in uh, Xbox's corner, okay. Uh, Phil Spencer said an interesting statement that I was kind of like, "Why did he say that?" Um, and it was regarding the Halo Infinite. It's not this statement I'm about to say, but you'll see here later in the article. Yeah. Uh, but it says here for the title of the article uh, written by uh, Tech Radar, it says here in quote, Halo Infinite isn't a make or break title for the franchise, says Phil Spencer. And it says in the sub uh, mention, Halo will be here 10 years from now. So he continues here and says head of uh, Xbox, Phil Spencer, has expressed confidence in Halo Infinite but says it's not a make or break title in terms of the future of the Xbox franchise. 
Uh, it says here, when asked about how much is riding on Halo Infinite in terms of the future of the franchise, during a recent episode of IGN's Unlock Podcast, see, everyone's making fucking articles about this podcast episode, uh, Spencer responded <laughs> and quote, I don't think about it that way. Like the future of the franchise, I think Halo will be here for 10 years from now. Is Infinite the uh, linchpin on whether it survives that long? Absolutely not. Uh, continues on this year and quote, the game has such a rabid fan base and such a history of lore that it's just an IP that is going to be with us. Uh, we don't take that for granted, but I definitely believe in my core uh, that that is true. Uh, continue on says it's not to say that Spencer is apprehensive about Halo Infinite. In fact, he seems confident in its success and that he was happy with the reception that the game's multiplayer received during E3 2021 showcase. He is clearly reluctant, however, to put too much pressure on the team at 343 Industries, adding, I never want to put a team in a position where they feel, hey, this one's going to, uh, this one's got to land or who knows, uh, end quote. So that's like what I was talking about. It's, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it seemed like, you know, he was doing some really good dancing. <laughs> I yeah. feel like to, to not try to offend you know, to offend 343 and then also to not freak out the fans. I will say that, the and it's funny because originally I said, oh, it's not the title of, of the of this article that, that, that I was concerned with. It actually was. Um, but to say that to me, it when, when someone says that it's not a make or break title, like it's saying, hey, Halo's gonna be here, and if yeah. this game sucks, like the, the the series is gonna happen. So like I can see how it could be a certain slight. He did clean it up, yeah, and and to me it also shows maybe there's a little worry of just yeah. pure worry. Not that the game is in in bad shape, right? Yeah, but I, but this is the like it's funny because he's so he's so good with media with talking to mm -hmm. journalists and everything and he he's he's so good with talking to media and his publicist is just like fire but um but i feel like this is the only thing that he said where i was like oh that's a tightrope so yeah it's i get what you're saying how like halo's gonna be like if halo's gonna be here um for years to come even this game's bad <laughs> and that is, you know what I mean? And, yeah. that, and that gets, so, so it's like, it's like, it's like both yay and nay. Yeah. Yay. Halo's going to be here for years. Good news. And on the nay side being, well, why would you mention if this, why would you mention this, if this game is quote unquote possibly bad? Yeah. You know what I mean? He, yeah. like, he didn't say it, but like, that's, that's the other half. That's like the other half tone of the sentence. Absolutely. It's like, <laughs> it's like yeah, even if this game isn't great, Halo's still going to be here. <laughs> it's like wait a minute i mean overall that's good but let's revert let's kind of rewind it back to that first half <laughs> um on a on a side note here you know this is like now we're now two for two for ign articles um they're coherent and they're easy to read and they're understandable unlike that fucking mess that was kotaku article i just well, this is the well, this, this is tech radar but but okay, again right. but again your point very yeah. very yeah very I, easy to understand i just still can't believe it took us so many times to understand what the fuck the article is about and it was written by their editor-in-chief that's her job to make sure articles are coherent and understandable. And her article is like, what the fuck is going on? Because Barry was just like, I know, but Barry was just like, you know, was like, yeah, you're saying a lot of interesting stuff. You're not clarifying anything. So you're just telling me not to listen to, not to Rico talk. Dude. Yeah. I, I don't know. I too much, but seriously, you guys don't. It's like, we were in an article. Cool. Let's talk about that. Read article. Let's talk about that. For like an hour. <laughs> we're like, 
we want to talk about it, but how do we talk about it? Well, I don't know how to talk about it. We just know what she's saying. I don't know what the fuck she's saying. <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad I wasn't the only, I'm glad we weren't the only people because someone was like, like is well, this in code? Like, <laughs> Yeah, we read, we read, we, we, we immediately read through the comments or the replies on the article and someone's like, so I read this like three times now. Is this in code? Because I, I understand nothing of what her point is. Is there a point? <laughs> so again, not the good, not the yeah. smash on that top article too much, yeah. but it, it just is worth mentioning that there, that the editor-in-chief the new the brand new editor-in-chief debuts herself with an incoherent fucking mess of an article (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that's almost more that's not wrong but like for me that's what that's more of a takeaway than you know the topic that we talked about right should politics be involved with game journalism how about how about understandable articles (laughs) should she should she be (laughs) Yeah, it's like, does she want this job? She, it's like, again, like, well, that's for me, that's the biggest takeaway from the article is like, yeah. sure, she's right for the job. It's like, <laughs> she I mean, she, she could be a writer, but the editor in chief? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Shit. Don't even do news. Just stick with optics. <laughs> it's, it's like the next article Kotaku, write, Kotaku writes, editor in chief just found out that F7 is spell check. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, God, article, like... What's a fragment sentence, anyway? (laughs) Sources? I just can't... I just cannot get over how much that article hurt my brain. (laughs) Um, But back back to... to, uh, uh, This. The... Yeah. This is... I, I almost feel like... I feel like to a point, that statement didn't need to exist, but I believe it was said to address the fraction, the still fraction of people that think this game's going to be an absolute failure. Yeah. Not like bad, not like, eh, but like fail. Yeah. And, and this, again, he's right. Like Halo, like again, even if this game flops, Halo's not going to die. Yeah. Like there have been, in court, there have been plenty of movie franchises and plenty of gaming franchises that were like, okay, if this does not do well, this is the nail in the coffin. Yeah. And there has, and you know, and, and you know, if you look at, you know, Halo, Especially when they re-released the Master Chief Collection on PC and Game Pass, yeah. Are arguably there hasn't even been the one nail, let alone the last. Yeah. So true. Again, so I think the only reason that article or that conversation had to exist was to quell the fears of the fraction of people, like the most dedicated, dedicated, paying attention super fans of like, it. You know, how bad is the game going to be, and how will it affect the franchise? I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And then also, too, I think there's just more like more rummaging around the Internet because we, we still don't have a date yet. So people are like, is this going to be good? So I think it was also a response to that as well. Yeah, I think that's why I was concerned, because it's like I understood this point as far as like, well, we're just waiting on a couple of things like before we say a date and then we don't want to have to pull it back. So it's like, OK, I get that. Yeah. But then when, he, but then when I see this hurdle, you know, it'll be around two years from now. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Wait a minute. Why are you reminding us as if it won't be? Yeah, exactly. Um, The one thing I will say that that does concern me is how affected the story is. Because remember, the biggest, to me, other than the polished work of the looks, the enemies, the look of the game, that was the big pushback from that first E3 debut Mm -hmm. or that first debut trailer, is one of the core gameplay elements that the game is no longer open world. Ah. Which makes me, okay, so then then how much much did that affect the story? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because to go, you know, to go from an open world game to a non-open world game, that's a pretty significant shift. It is. It and, is. And so that makes me think even more, is that why 
at E3, they focused on the multiplayer and not the story. Mm, that's an interesting point. We'll see what happens. And speaking of... I'll say, I'll say, and if it fails, Halo, the next Halo will still exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll clean it up the next Halo game. Yeah, just keep playing multiplayer. <laughs> what about the story? What about the story? I don't know about it. Halo will still be here. Uh, okay. <laughs> So speaking of games that we're looking forward to and that are highly anticipated and your, your boy Todd Howard is making everybody happy here still. Uh, I thought this is a really interesting article and then, I mean, partially very infuriating. But um, according to PCGamer.com, with this title of the article, it says here that three years after The Elder Scrolls Six was announced, Todd Howard is thinking about making it. Uh, so it says here, uh, let me just go straight to the article here. It says here in quote in 2016, before Elder Scrolls six was formally announced at E3 2018, Todd Howard confirmed that Bethesda was working on a new Elder Scrolls game because of course it was, but warned that it was extremely long ways away so far off. In fact, that he implied that the technology required to make it happen didn't actually exist. Um, continuing on, it says here, I have to be careful what I say. It's very, it's a very long uh, way off, Howard said at the time. Uh, continuing on, it says here that I could sit here and explain the game to you and you would say, that sounds like you don't even have the technology. How long is that going to take? And so it's something that it's going to take a lot of time, but we have in mind for that game, end quote. Uh, five years down the road and three years after the announcement of E3 2018, it appears that the situation may not have changed as much as uh, you might have expected or hoped. In a new interview with The Telegraph, Howard said that Bethesda is still working on the technology that Elder Scrolls 6 will demand. Uh, it's good to think that Elder Scrolls 6 is still being in a design phase, end quote, uh, Howard said, uh, but we're checking the tech is this going to handle things we want to in that game every game will have new suites of technology so Elder Scrolls 6 will have some additions on to the cre uh, creation engine 2 that that game is going to require uh, I'm just gonna read this last thing here it says that the creation engine 2 will be first was uh, will first be seen in Bethesda upcoming sci-fi RPG Starfield and Howard warned again that Bethesda is all in on the game right now the developers projects kind of intertwine, he said, but the vast majority of our development uh, development work is on Starfield right now. End quote. What are your thoughts about this? Um, this, unfortunately, isn't the biggest news to me because mm -hmm. there was a quiet article um, that didn't get too much news because mm -hmm. it was a it was a rumor. But now we know. It was true. Right. That it wasn't an interview. It was a, a formal interview. It was like a conversation mm. that Todd Howard had with somebody. Yeah. And that conversation supposedly, which we believe now is believe now to be confirmed, yeah. is supposedly um, Bethesda and Todd Howard almost regrets showing. And I mentioned this before, mm. um, but again, at the time it was a rumor um, that they supposedly re regret showing the announcement of Elder Scrolls Six mm. at E3. Yeah, because they knew how far off and how not worked on at all the game is. But right. but there was so much understandable and deserved backlash after the failure of Fallout seventy six. They had to do something. Yeah, and they knew like Starfield wasn't quite enough. Mm. Uh, you know, revealing Starfield guns they do this wasn't quite enough to get people back on the side of Bethesda be interested in Bethesda they had to do something to get Bethesda back in people's like 
good like good name again. Yeah. And so and so when so they showed that Elder Scrolls was going to exist. At the time, there was like nothing on it had been worked on it, like other than that trailer. Yeah, you know what's interesting to me. I mean, obviously, according to this, is that um, we're going to be seeing Starfield first versus Elder Scrolls Six. I find that yeah. to be interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know, because like I'm still on the fa- I'm still on the fence with Bethesda. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm still on the fence with Bethesda. Like, I forget did Starfield have an exact release date. Uh, I think it's coming out next year, if I'm not mistaken. But what, was it like an exact day or just like 2022? Just 2022. Okay. If if and when that game does get a release date, like I'm not going to pre-order it because I'm still apprehensive. Apprehensive. Um, um, from Wabble and Fallout 76. Yeah. The upside for what I'm hearing with this is both Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six, whenever that will be. Right. Finally. New engine. New engine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Because they've been using the same engine since, like, arguably nearly PS2. Yeah, yeah. Like, a late, late PS2, PS3 transition engine on that fucking Xbox One. <laughs> yeah, seriously. What the fuck? <laughs> um, so, yeah. again, for me, I'm, okay, I'm glad the Starfield that has a release day of next year. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that's going to have a new engine. And the fact that Elder Scrolls is going to take some time. I'm not entirely happy with, but again, something we've discussed that's come up a lot more in topics following E3 and stuff like that of COVID. I know this isn't exactly COVID related, yeah. but I've be- but because of that, I've become now used to like fucking Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> to a point, to a point, delays or games coming out way from now. Yeah. Um, and whether it was a mis- like so knowing what we know now, was it a mistake for Bethesda to announce? Elder Scrolls six years ago, I st- again I I think no mm. because I because th- again if their goal was to get people to trust Bethesda again to like Bethesda, to be excited for Bethesda it was the right call, mm. even knowing we know now that the release date is like fucking nowhere in sight. Yeah, and then the good thing too is that Phil Spencer he was like oh yeah we're working on Elder Scrolls six like during that that yeah. showcase so yeah. he's got his he's got his binoculars you know looking in through that office so yeah you know, and you know that's something we're gonna talk about talk about next <laughs> is just just to a point just knowing a game will exist is a good it it it, it can quell can quell the angry fans yeah to a, to a point to a point just like is this game going, is this game going to fucking exist yes when we'll get there but it's going to exist very true to a point can quell the anger it's, which yeah. we'll discuss soon exactly <laughs> no you're right you're absolutely right and then especially with uh someone someone confirming it that's legitimate not yeah. just some you know rumor just some rumors and uh, journalists that's like oh i think a twitter thing said this like you know what's the phrase like it was an, an industry insider says <laughs> blank yeah exactly exactly it, it, industry insiders have been talking about fucking kojima and Silent hill for 20 fucking years <laughs> sorry I'm just, he's again that's my go-to again I, I know kojima's your guy i'm not saying it's bad i'm saying for me kojima's more synonymous with rumors than product at this point mm. through no to a point no control was that yeah yeah exactly um so the last topic here on the show uh saving uh the most disappointing for last <laughs> <laughs> so according to uh highsnobiety.com here uh it says here for the title of the article i hate to break it to you but gta 6 isn't coming until 2025 um 
It says here, continuing the article, it says, and quote, if you've been waiting for G- uh, Grand Theft Auto 6, be prepared to wait a lot longer. Fans have, fans have been waiting for the game to franchise, uh, the gaming franchise, to make its return for eight years, according to a reputable gaming source uh, that won't be uh, that the wait won't be over until 2025, GameSpot reports. The theory was further supported by a statement by the game's publisher, Take-Two, during a recent shareholder event. Uh, the renowned leaker uh, Tom Henderson, who is primarily known for his most accurate leaks on Battlefield and Call of Duty, released a new video this week sharing a bunch of alleged GTA 6 details. According to Henderson, there are a few reasons for the game's delay. First, apparently Rockstar Games has been focusing heavily on employee well-being and is aiming to avoid gaming's toxic crunch culture. The developer reportedly doesn't want to announce the game until it's confident that it will hit release date without any delays, but it wants to do it and making employees work extremely long hours to meet the deadline. That's bullshit, probably. Yeah, I was, I was, I was like, I was always going to cut you off and like, fuck you, that's a lie. <laughs> oh, we 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 want employee well-being. No, fuck you. You want to make as much money off of GTA Five? <laughs> fuck you. Uh, and continuing on here, it says uh, then Henderson claims that GTA Six will only release on a fewer uh, newer PS Five and Xbox Series X S consoles and PC, of course. Uh, but given how coveted the PS Five and Xbox Series X are, Rockstar Games is apparently waiting until there is a bunch or there is a big enough market for these consoles. AKA until the majority of players can actually get their hands on them. And the third reason for this delay is frustrating simple. GTA 5 is still extremely popular. Rockstar would likely not want to release GTA 6 while its predecessor is still so successful. Uh, while, the reason, while the reasons make sense, it's even more disappointing to know that there are legitimate factors behind this delay. So while you wait, check out this video on the website. Of course, we're not going to do that. End quote. Oh boy. I'm going to start with you, Arthur, and then I'll continue. I'm um, gonna go with my good old reliable. Fuck you. <laughs> go, go fuck yourself. Those excuses are lies and bullshit. Uh, the the that like how the article said. Oh, and thirdly, it's because they're focusing on GTA Five. No, that's the primary. That's the fucking first excuse. An example of that is the fact that last year it's the Sony conference. The first thing to get announced is that GTA Five One will exist on PlayStation Five. And two, that it's free. Mm. So that's why that's the focus, not an employee crunch. No, fuck you. Like, no, it's <laughs> you're you're focusing on GTA. You're focusing on GTA Five. Yeah. Because you like the the money you're making from the shark cards. Milking the cash cow. Yeah, and again, that's and again, that's visible because because you know how much focus you put on that at the at the fucking Sony conference. Mm. So employee crunch being number one is bullshit. Yeah. Um. And so again, so again, so first of all, let's start with this thing being a rumor. This is from a guy that has right. a supposedly credible source from a shareholder event. Mm-hmm. Um, now, here's a, now, here's the thing. How earlier I said I'm a kind of okay waiting for Elder Scrolls 6. The reason, if this is true, why I'm upset... Let's say, let's say this is true. Mm-hmm. Another reason why I'm upset of having to wait so long for GTA 6 versus Elder Scrolls 6 is because this game would have come out a lot sooner if they wouldn't have milked GTA 5 as long as they had. Yeah. That's why I'm upset about this. Yeah. This game again. This game could come out way sooner if they weren't just fucking milking just cards <laughs> <laughs> and having bull- and, and again having bullshit excuses, having bullshit excuses and of you, why it's too late. And you know the, the 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 third reason doesn't make sense to me either because they could release GTA 6 on new consoles 
and still have GTA 5 online for the older consoles. You know what I yeah. mean? They could still synonymously make money like yeah. in parallel. So like I feel like that's not really a reason. I feel like the, I feel like the only reason that makes sense to me is the fact that I I, I hope that GTA 6 is specifically made for next gen con- or current gen consoles, PS5, Xbox Series XS. Mm. And PC and waiting for, you know, those consoles to be replenished and to be, you know, in stores where people can actually say, I want to get a PS5 today and they can actually do it. Um, So that to me makes sense. However, that has nothing to do with the development of the game. Exactly. So, Uh, you know, and and it's like, again, for context, the game's been out for eight years now Mm -hmm. and they're just now shutting down the Xbox 360 servers. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> like, again, that's how much time spent has been on this game. Yeah. And so to say, oh, it's going to be delayed because there's not enough Xbox Series <laughs> X. Yeah, fuck you, dude. Yeah, because they could be like, well, the game's done. We're like, just waiting on the right time to release it. <laughs> it's like, here's, so here's, what, here's another reason why that's a bullshit excuse. Mm. So you're going to tell me a, a shortage that no one saw coming due to a worldwide pandemic that no one saw coming, that's your fucking excuse to why this game's delayed. So either it's bullshit or you knew COVID was going to happen. Yeah. That's all the only options you have. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, yeah, there's not enough things. Like, so, so yeah, again, it's like, how does it, the development of a game be delayed because of a shortage of a market share processor due to a worldwide pandemic? <laughs> I dare you to connect, try to connect those dots. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean? It's like, that's... Yeah. And dude, if... And I mean, I, I don't think they're going to fuck up GTA 6, but imagine if, if we wait this long and the game sucks. Imagine that. <laughs> People burning, like, their consoles on YouTube. Dude, like, no, it'll be, it'll be no. It'll be more of those videos of, like... Burning Red Dead or something? No, people... <laughs> People going to GameStop, finding out they can't return it, and they're like knocking over all the stamps. <laughs> um, because oh like, you know, like, again, you know, ignore everything that the article said. The reasons being de- the reasons being delayed is because they're focusing on GTA Five so much. Yeah. Again, especially like Jarrell said, how does the shortage of a new console uh, it, affect the development of a game? Yeah. And it's and the shortage is due to again like a pandemic. <laughs> So again, again, either again, either you're lying, or you knew COVID was going to happen. <laughs> that's that's the only way to justify that statement. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's nasty all around. So again, so that's why again, that's why it's like, hey, Arthur, Elder Scrolls Six won't be up for a while. And it's like, fine, um, <laughs> you know, or like, hey, hey, you know, hey, GTA Six won't come out till 2025. Like, oh fuck, just should have worked on it sooner. <laughs> and it just realized. I just realized they contradict themselves because if they say that they, if they say that they, they're, well, they're, one of their excuses was why it's being delayed is, or potentially supposedly why it's being delayed is because of the lack of next gen consoles. Well, then why is GTA five coming up? Why is GTA five being re-released for PS five for free? Exactly. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> then, again, so those are the different, those, those are the, those are multiple differences of why I, why I'm like content with the other score sticks thing versus this it's like lying and bullshitting treating us like we're stupid to our face yeah versus hey it's just gonna take time <laughs> like i'm okay with that like yeah. if they're saying hey like again like like todd's like hey 
like in like the conversation you had like like in the conversation you had like I don't know if we should show that trailer or I don't know if we should announce it. Uh, we're like no, we're not even like barely working on the game. Uh, we're focusing on uh, Starfield, so it's gonna be it's gonna be some time until Elder Scrolls Six happens. Oh yeah, because there's uh, there's a shortage of consoles, so we can't make GTA Six yet. <laughs> um, but on that note, hey Sony, uh, hey Sony customers, GTA Five coming out for free for PS Five. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, and uh, uh, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see like we usually do to see what becomes of it. Uh, and that is the end of the news we have here for the Games for Life podcast. Any lasting thoughts before we uh, close out? Um, play Knockout City. That's one. Play Knockout City. <laughs> um, if you want to, you know, if you, you guys are good at puzzles or riddles, read that Kotaku article. <laughs> <laughs> um... And hearing this rumor, I know, again, it's supposedly a rumor, the shareholder event, da-da-da-da-da, mm. just reminds me of um, fucking Take-Two's waste of their fucking time E3 event. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there, again, for those of you that didn't watch last epi- the, the episode a while back or Ooh. E3 itself, Take-Two, which owns Rockstar, not like not just Rock, it wasn't like a Rockstar conference, it was Take-Two, which owns 2K, yeah, Rockstar, and, and other major AAA developers. Yeah. Their entire thing was a Zoom call about diversity. Yeah. Uh, GTA 6 coming 2025. <laughs> 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 it's like, uh, like, 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 you know, like, like you know, I'm, I'm, I've mentioned this before, I'll say it again, Rockstar is like, I know this is a rumor, but again, Rockstar is on the brink of like, they're they're already currently pissing off players. Like again, thankfully, more and more people of the GT the the GT the Grand Theft Auto community is voicing voicing the voicing themselves. Yeah. But again, they're on the brink of just really fucking pissing people off. Yeah. And like again, not to a point boycott, but potentially if potentially affect the success or sales of the game. That's the thing, man. If if GTA Six sucks, uproar, <laughs> dude. It, <laughs> complete complete uproar. And, and here's and here's the thing. That'll be that'll be a phrase opposite from what Phil Spencer said with Halo. Hmm. Is if GTA Six isn't successful, how will that affect the franchise? And I think we're gonna end it with there. I like that. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, thank you so much for tuning in here for the Gamers for Life podcast each and every Saturday, discussing all things games. I'm one of your hosts, Jarrell, and with me is my co-host Arthur Thomas. That's me. All right. Thank you, guys. We will see you next week.